Welcome to the podcast. My name is Allie Hilton, and I'm a STEM Blazers alumni and volunteer. STEM Blazers has provided me with encouragement and support during my high school and college education. I'm very passionate about helping young girls find their confidence in STEM fields. And my name is Vivian Vavon. I'm also a STEM Blazers alumni and volunteer as I pursue my college degree at Colorado School of Mines. Similar to Allie, STEM Blazers has supported and inspired me throughout my high school and college career, and I truly wouldn't be where I am today without them. With that being said, let us introduce our two guests today, our first mother and daughter duo. Karen Catlin is an acclaimed author, leadership coach, and advocate for inclusive workspaces at Karen Catlin Consulting. She coaches women and men to be stronger leaders and help those who want to be better allies for underrepresented groups. And Karen is the mom to Emma Catlin. Emma is a software engineer and writes code for Pinterest. She collaborates with her teammates, product managers, designers, and communication experts to drive upcoming projects. Hello, Karen and Emma. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. We're excited. Of course. We're going to go into our first section of questions. So the first question is going to be a little generic. Could you give us our listeners a rundown of what you do and what everyday life looks like for you? Karen, what does it look like to have your own company? Sure. So... Every day is a little bit different, but I do work from home because of the pandemic, of course, and this is where my office is, my home office. And most days right now, I'm doing a a, delivering a keynote or speaking in front of an audience, um, even though it's all virtual. So I speak a lot about my book, Better Allies, and um, at conferences, as well as tech companies who want to bring me in, as well as other kinds of companies, too, who all want to know how they can be more inclusive at work. So I do a lot of public speaking. And then I, I have my coaching practice as well. It keeps me busy. Um, and running my own business means I'm also doing everything. So everything being I have to do business development activities and reach out to people and be active on social media. And I do a lot of writing as well. So it's um, I'm wearing a lot of hats during the day and I absolutely love it. That's amazing. And Emma? For me, my day usually looks like um, a bit of code review in the morning. Um, so I, that's how I usually start my day is looking through my coworkers' code, give, giving them um, suggestions or asking them questions so I can learn from it. I also spend a portion of the day in meetings, collaborating with my coworkers, um, as well as brainstorming projects for the team to work on and coming up with solutions to existing projects we've committed to. Um, and of course, another portion of my day is just spent coding too, which I love. Um, to me, coding is like solving little puzzles. Um, so I have a lot of fun and get a lot of joy out of doing it. Yeah, that pretty much sums up what a day in my life at Pinterest looks like. That's so cool. So Karen, what inspired you to write a book and coach women in the tech fields? Yeah, so I worked in tech for 25 years. Um, I started out writing code for a living. I have a computer science degree. And then over time, I moved into leadership roles. And most recently, I was a vice president of engineering at Adobe. And during that 25 years working in tech, I actually noticed a decline happening in gender diversity in the industry. So while I was still at Adobe, I was the most senior woman in engineering. And I was like, I have a role to play. Like, I need to do something to help women at my company. 
So I started mentoring a lot of women. I also started our employee resource group for women at Adobe. Um, and many companies have employee resource groups, whether it's for women or maybe it's for um, Black employees or it's a pride-related resource group or something like that to help that group get together and learn from each other and, and so forth. So I started our group for women. Um, and I really loved helping women and advocating for women and mentoring women so much that about nine years ago, I decided to do a big pivot in my career and start my own coaching practice so that I could focus on helping women who work in tech grow their careers. Um, at any rate, long story short, I soon realized that the way I really needed to help my women and have the biggest impact wasn't just through coaching, well, which I love doing, and I, I still do that today, but it, it needed to be more because I needed to help them all have workplaces that were more inclusive, that it wasn't just the white men kind of getting ahead in their field, um, that it was the kind of place that everyone could thrive and, um, and get ahead and grow their career. So I started focusing on how people can make more inclusive workplaces, and that's what led to me writing my book. Yeah, I, d I definitely think that um, that diversity and inclusion is extremely important, and it's amazing that you're doing such impactful work. Thank you. I think it's easy to overlook some of that stuff. I think a lot of companies have these resource groups now, and it's something that's very built into a professional work company place. And I think we can overlook how much that actually can impact somebody. So I think it's amazing that you kind of took that step back and saw that there's so much more impact that you can make by, by dedicating all that time to it. Thank you, Allie. All right. And Emma, I know that you love creative writing and you write fiction. Besides having a mom who's passionate about tech, does having that background in writing help you with your software engineering work? Definitely. I think the best description I can give of this was in my first week of joining full-time at Pinterest, another coworker reached out to me and was like, hey, I need you to explain this thing. Um, I saw you wrote this all this code for it, um, and I was hoping you could explain it to me. Granted, I had interned at Pinterest uh, almost a little over a year before that at that point, and that's when I had written all that code that this coworker was now asking me about um, and asking me to explain. I had no idea. You know, I had no recollection of what any of that code did. Like, I remember the general project, but I did not know the technical details. You know, this was a more senior engineer. I was a little bit nervous. So I come into that meeting with um, basically all of my wiki links. And a wiki um, is our internal um, documentation tool that we use to write notes and descriptions of our code to each, each other and provide resources to each other. So I just show up to this meeting with this new coworker with all of these links uh, to wiki pages I had written. It was like, have you seen my wiki pages? And the coworker was like, oh, this is great. We can end the meeting now. I don't need to... <laughs> I don't need to ask you any more questions. I'll just go through the wiki pages. So I think that um, was the best way that I helped myself, which without even knowing I was going to need to have written all this documentation about my code at the time for, you know, future self to help out. But that has been the way that my writing has really helped me in my software engineering career. And that it continues to help me beyond just, you know, that project I did as an intern. Um, I've been working on a lot of documentation to help ramp up new team members as they continue to join, as well as writing and being able to clearly communicate 
the importance of a project and the impact of a project is has been huge for explaining to um, my skip level manager and other, you know, more important people at Pinterest why we need to do certain projects and also advocate for the work that I've been doing as well as my team has been doing too. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so I'm sorry, the proud mom here has to chime in <laughs> if you don't mind. Um, of course. Emma also is like, she's, she's working on getting more visible, which is really important in a career. Visible meaning that those people like skip levels, you're like, I like to call them the grand boss, like your boss's boss. So anyway, but people around the company should notice you and know what you're capable of. So Emma, with your writing, you get to like, you're, you're working on a blog post that I don't know if you can talk about that, but it's like by, by writing a blog post that will be published on the Pinterest blog, you get that kind of visibility as well, which I think is really cool. So writing is an awesome skill. For sure. And I, I think it's so awesome when something you're passionate about can really connect to what you do as a career. Like they work hand in hand and you get to do what you love while also doing other work. Alrighty. Uh, Karen, before transitioning into working your own company, we saw that you worked as a software engineer for over 25 years and you mentioned that earlier. What was it like and how did that contribute to where you are today? What was it like? So I, I love writing code, even though I don't do that for a living anymore. Um, the closest I come to it is writing some HTML code for my websites. I do maintain my own website. So that's the closest I come to writing code these days. Um, but like what Emma said, it's like it's every time you get to write code, it is solving a puzzle of some sort, putting putting something together and creating something. And I have always loved making things, whether that's crafting or knitting or that type of thing. And so to me, software is yet another way to make things. Um, and I think Emma, Emma's even a more amazing crafter than me. Um, so I think this resonates with her as well. Um, so anyway, when I was writing code, it was you know super fun. I, I really enjoyed that process. Um, yet I'm also the kind of person who I'm really organized and like disciplined and I like getting stuff done. So after I wrote code for a number of years, I moved more into like program and project management roles so that I could help a whole big project team deliver software that was very complex and, and needed to be organized in terms of how it was going to be constructed and built and rolled out. Um, so uh, that was another interesting thing for me to do. And then that led me to being in leadership roles and eventually into executive leadership. So a lot of different things I did over the 25 years career. Um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Definitely. Emma, both of your parents were sophomore engineers, so that must have had some impact on what you were interested in. How did their experience guide your decisions? I definitely benefited from having two awesome role models right off the bat. Both of my parents studied software engineering and worked in tech, um, so it was very easy for me to see software engineering as a potential career path for me. I hadn't fully tried it out, though, until high school. So that was in, I guess, my first year of high school. We were in geometry and we had extra credit to program our TI-84 calculators to include all of the trigonometry um, equations. And I remember um, that weekend of that assignment, my mom was going driving me around. She had errands to run and I'm sitting in the backseat of the car, you know, really excited, just like digging into this, all the extra credit on this assignment. 
Um, and that's when I really knew, you know, this is actually something I love, not just something that my parents have done. Um, but it has helped so much to have them both support me and also have them be able to guide me for where I want to focus my learning next. And even thinking about, you know, which classes to take in college or which college to go to um, and where I was going to be excited to study computer science. But I think ultimately, too, even though they were both amazing role models of what I could potentially achieve when I was younger, their experience has been the most helpful for guiding me now in my first career. Um, They both have given me such amazing advice. And I'm constantly telling my coworkers or joking with them like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm talking to my personal free career coaches tonight, you know, (laughs) Um, having them help me solve my problems problems at work or giving me ideas about how to um, be able to facilitate discussions better or just be, you know, the best I can be at work. So it's been awesome to grow and also to grow with them. Oh, for sure. That sounds so cool. Like being able to to ask your parents to and like bounce ideas off of each other. And I also really love the fact that you put like, you know, your parents were software engineers but you found that you really loved it yourself I, I that's something that's really important so yeah I, I tried to encourage my son and his brother to study computer science like going to college and like you have to take a, a com- computer science intro class you have to do that and I kind of joked to him otherwise I wouldn't pay the tuition but I would have anyway but I, I joked with him like you have to take this he's like okay and he took it and that was it. Like, no, no more. <laughs> so you can't force this. You should okay. you should get into STEM because you love it, not because your parents do it or tell you to do it. Certainly. Yeah. Um, Karen, what was it like being a vice president? You said at Adobe and Macromedia. Can you give us a little bit more information about what that is and what that was like? Yeah. So vice president um you know, it's going to change from company to company exactly what that means. But I was responsible for a number of different groups, um, groups that were working on different kinds of technology. And in my case, it was, I always managed groups that were um, kind of cross team. So te- uh, I my groups managed uh, or worked on things like uh, how to internationalize the code base so that we could sell it in other countries and we could localize all the strings and user interface elements so that you could um, translate it into other languages. For example, that was one group. And they worked on all of the different software products, helping them enable their localizations. There was another group I managed that was the product security team. And so these people were specialists in um, product security and analyzing incident response and trying to mitigate all that risk. Um, and again, they had that specialty, but then they worked with all of the different teams, all the software products that a company like Adobe would have. Um, and so on. So there are different groups like that that I got to manage. I am not an expert in all of these different areas, um, but I got to hire people with this deep expertise and then do my best to set them up for success, uh, make sure they had the resources they needed, that they knew what the problems were ahead of us, that we had strategic like plans for what we wanted to do to help the company be more successful. Um, so that's sort of in general what the responsibilities are like. Um, and it means being in a lot of meetings. Um, it means having a budget that you have to be very careful with and that you um, are um, handing out different, you know, extra money to different resources and different groups that need it. It means writing performance reviews so that people get career development feedback. Um, 
anyway, so it, 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 that whole big collection of, of what leadership really is. Um, and it's all about setting teams up for success so they can do their best work and the company can then be successful. That was an awesome perspective. Thank you, Karen. Um, Emma, you had a few internships throughout your collegiate career. Could you give us a bit more information on what you did at those internships and how they led you to work full-time at Pinterest? Sure. So first, um, after my first year of college, I interned at change.org. Um, and at change.org, um, they're a petition platform, they're a website. And so I was actually a web developer and got to try out um, the web UI front end sort of role on the team and built out a whole web page for them, which was really cool to be able to say, you know, point at this thing and say like, yes, I built that. Like, look at that thing. You know, I can pull up the web page and show anyone. Then next, I interned at Pure Storage um, my, after my second year of college. And my goal for that internship was to try something a little bit more full stack. Um, so that's specifically why I switched companies and also why I asked to be on a full stack project at Pure Storage because I wanted to try out not just the front end, which I enjoy, but also weaving in some back end. So at Pure Storage, I, with another intern, built out an internal search engine. Um, so it had you know, the search UI, but also um, had a backend that integrated all of their different pools of information. A lot of companies have a wiki and also you know, stack traces <laughs> as well as um, Salesforce and Jira's. And so we were able to pull all of those different types of information into one um, unified search engine, which was pretty cool. Um, but since it was an internal tool, it had a little bit less of the like, you know, I couldn't point to the web page I built and say like, hey, look, I built this. So that was different, but also cool because you got the immediate um, feedback from the other, you know, engineers at the company who want, were using your internal tool. Um, so it was a very different experience. Then finally, after my third year of college, I interned at Pinterest. And at Pinterest for that internship, I was on a backend team fully. That was, I wanted to, you know, fully complete my <laughs> learning there to get a taste of all different types or what I understood at the time is all different types of software engineering that I could. And so on the backend team, I worked on actually the um, algorithms that served our shopping ads to users on the app and on the website. So that was very cool and working on a totally different scale of data um, than I had previously worked with, um, which was just such a unique experience and opportunity for me too. Ultimately, though, why I decided to come back to Pinterest was because of the atmosphere of my team in that final internship. What was most important for me looking for a full-time role was finding an atmosphere that I felt comfortable that I would be supported in my growth. And I was well aware of challenges that I would face um, based on my previous experiences or potential challenges I could face based on my previous experiences. And I felt like at Pinterest, um, that atmosphere was different. And just the fact that we could have very open conversations on my team at my internship, um, discussing all of our perspectives on, you know, not just code, but also world events was something I felt was pretty unique. So I was really excited to come back to Pinterest um, and be able to grow here. And I'm still here. So yeah, that's awesome. It's always so cool, like seeing the work that you could do as an intern and like when you're able to point out, like I did that. Oh, it's so rewarding. <laughs> 
All right, ladies, thank you so much for answering those first few questions. We're going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back for some more. Hi, it's Wendy Merchant, founder of STEM Blazers. Did you know that our 2021 programs are now open for registration? For students who do not have accessibility to the STEM Blazers program at their school, I'm very excited to share that we now have an online offering this year. If you are outside of the Metro Denver area, whether that be another state or even another country, I invite you to consider joining us online. To register and join our program for grades 8 through 12, please visit our website at www.stemblazers.org. For questions, email us at info at stemblazers.org. That's I-N-F-O at stemblazers.org. This year is going to be amazing. Let's explore a career in STEM together. All right, to get into our second half of our questions, we have a unique perspective in this episode because we have a mother-daughter duo. So Karen, answering first, could you explain how both of you being interested in software engineering gave a different perspective on the industry, seeing as you went through the industry early and then you saw your daughter go through it as well, kind of how that all changed. Yeah. Oh, so I'll just say one thing that is very helpful for me, especially as I am doing coaching and I coach a lot of women who are at so many different levels of their career, but for the women who are early career, like when every conversation I have with you, Emma, like it gives me some insight into oh, this is some of the, just what the work is like or the challenges that someone who is new in their career are, you know, what they're facing. Um, even some of the terminology, like I, when I was writing code, there was no such thing as full stack or front end or back end engineering. It was just, you were a software engineer and yeah, you specialized in different things, but we didn't have even that terminology. So as someone who is, you know, kind of removed from the field, but still I need to, I need to be current. I need to understand what's going on. Emma gives me this incredible window into uh, the language to be using, the challenges people are facing, and even some of like just the, the tools or cool ideas that are coming up that are related to career development. So it's super helpful for me to have that, like my finger on the pulse of everything through your eyes, Emma. I don't know if I've ever said that to you, but thank you. That's amazing. Emma, do you have anything else you want to add to that, your perspective on it? I definitely get so much from talking to my mom about her career path. I mean, beyond just inspiration, she's such an inspiration for me, too, for hearing, you know, how she has accomplished so much throughout her career, too. Um, Are we crying now? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make us all cry. (laughs) This is sweet. By the way, if you ever feel like you're tearing up in a business setting, do what Emma just did, which is like, have some water because it helps. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Yes. There's a little career tip for everybody. Love that. Okay. I'm I'm good. Um, But so for talking to my mom, not just getting inspiration from hearing about her career journey and seeing her um, accomplish so much, not just in her early career, but also now, um, you know, coaching and leading other people um, and inspiring other people to do their best and, you know, grow in their career. She also teaches me so much every day about how I can be not just a better software engineer, but also a better ally in my own career. So that's been really special to me too. I've been, there's been so much going on in the world um, that I want to be able to support my coworkers through. And so 
I I think even two weeks ago, I like, you know, <laughs> rushed over to my mom and was like, hey, okay, I have this problem. Do we have, do you have a few moments so that we could sit down and talk it through and get some advice? Um, and she was able to not just give me advice, but also provide me with some resources that I could share with my coworkers and just help me identify like ways I can support my coworkers better and be there for my coworkers. So it's been so special to have not just a career coach, but also um, an inclusion coach and, you know, also inspiration for me um, through her writing. I, you know, wouldn't have even thought that I could self-publish my, you know, little poetry prose book if my mom hadn't first, you know, gone through her self-publishing journey. So that's been so cool for me to see too. So Emma, thank you for sharing all that. So special. Um, I'm getting tears in my eyes now too. Um, But I want to do a little side note here. And for everyone listening, it's like, so yeah, we have a special relationship because mother, daughter, all of that. But what we're describing is what any good mentoring relationship should be like. You know, Emma, you know, if I think of myself just as Emma's mentor, not her mom, you know, she's learning from me. She's coming to me to get advice on different things and so forth um, and getting inspiration. All those things are great. But notice that the mentor, the one that has more experience, me, I'm always learning as well. There's so much benefit. People say mentoring is like this two-way street. And it's true. Um, The mentor and the mentee get equal amounts out of any relationship. And so I share this, especially for anyone who's younger or earlier in their career and is wondering, like, why would someone want to mentor me? Like, should I even approach someone that I respect to see if they could give me some advice? Well, yes, you should, because look, it's a two-way street and that person will get something out of it as well. So, um, yeah, so I'll leave that there. I think it was an important, it's important to call that out. That was very beautifully put together, and I definitely agree. And I like how you you separated the two as well. You know, like and and you you noted that even though she's your daughter, like as a mentor, you guys learn from each other. And I was definitely tearing up when you guys are tearing up. So, <laughs> um, so this is a question that's for both of you. Um, so you both have your individual experiences within the industry, and. My question is, how have you seen this industry adapt as time has progressed? Has there been a significant change in the inclusion for women? I think there's still so much um, that we want to do and that needs to be done um, for inclusion in general in the industry. Um, There's so much that I still have to learn, but I do want to share one win on my current team. We are an infrastructure team. Um, And I am currently working with three other uh, female software engineers on the team, which is just, I never thought that I would have this sort of ratio on my team. Um, And so there are men on the team too, but it's just exciting to have such a high number of women on the team. Um, And so I just wanted to share that one win too. And in in a parallel kind of way, Emily, your experience is so similar to mine when I first started my career. Um, When I got my computer science degree, I actually recently went back through my yearbook and counted like how many people got computer science degrees my year in my school and how many were women. And it was 38% of the class of computer science majors, 38% were women. Um, It's higher than what it is now in many schools that are graduating computer science uh, degrees and certainly higher than the engineering disciplines that um, Vivan and Ali, you are both in. Um, but like 
just imagine a world where there's almost 40% of women, if, and you're a woman studying this thing, and then you go into your your chosen profession and you start working and there are just a lot of women like kind of sitting side by side with you in meetings and working side by side. Um, and it's wonderful. I mean, you feel a sense of community. You feel like you belong because there are people like you. Um, and I think what we want to do is get that, get that vibe going, you know, so, so to speak in school as well as in offices and have it not just be for women, but let's think about like, women of color. Like if, if you're the only woman of color on a team, that's, that feels very isolating at times too. So that's why the representation on so many different um, demographics is so important, I think, to be striving for and to be working towards. For this next question, Karen, I know you used to hate public speaking and now you love it. And Emma, you noted that you made a huge leap of confidence in your junior year. How did both of you build up your confidence? What steps can young women take, especially as they start applying to STEM jobs and internships? You know, well, I can talk about public speaking. Um, so first of all, during the 25 years I worked in tech, and even thinking about still when I was in school, I did some public speaking, of course. Like, you know, I had to, as an executive, you have to run your all-hands meetings. Maybe you speak on a panel at some conference every now and then. And earlier, you know, I'd have to give project updates earlier in my career. Um, and even in school, I was an undergraduate teaching assistant, which meant occasionally I would have to help teach a class or run a section or something like that. So I had some public speaking experience. Um, but then when I started my own business as a leadership coach and now an advocate for inclusive workplaces, um, I got advice like you should do more public speaking because it's really going to help people find you. You're going to be more visible to people who are looking for coaches or people who care about you know, books on inclusive workplaces. You need to do more public speaking. And when I got that advice, first of all, I was like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't have to do that. I'm going to figure out another way because I don't like public speaking and I'm not very good at it. And I get nervous and all of the excuses, right? Um, but after I thought about it, just not very long, but thought about it for a little while, I'm like, yeah, that person's right. I do need to figure out how to do more public speaking and get comfortable and get good at it. So personally, I just set a goal for myself to start speaking in public once a month and start telling everyone I met and everyone I knew. It's like, I have this goal to speak in public once a month. Let me know if there are any panels coming up or if you need someone to speak at a meetup or whatever. Um, so I just sort of, it was like diving into the deep end and forcing myself to keep working on it and getting better and practicing. Um, and it's been a lot of work, but I'm no longer nervous. And I kind of call myself a public speaking geek because I love doing it so much. And you've written a book on that too. Yeah, I wrote a book on that too. Yes. <laughs> Present a techie's guide to public speaking. Yes. <laughs> For me, it's definitely been helpful to see my mom go through her public speaking journey to get more confidence in herself and doing it. But to be honest, at the beginning of it, she would tell me, give me all of her advice of like, oh, these are the tips and tricks you can use to get more confidence yourself. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like that works for you, but it's not going to work for me. For most of my life, I have been a self-claimed introvert, very shy, very, very shy. And so it was really hard for me to figure out how to even just claim space in a room. So uh, I think you mentioned my junior year of college um, 
that was definitely a turning point for me in gaining confidence in myself and being a little bit more extroverted. I had the awesome opportunity to study abroad in Barcelona and I took a class um, at one of the local universities. It was um, photojournalism. The class was taught entirely in um, Spanish, but since it's Barcelona, you know, I speak Spanish. <laughs> I could take a class in Spanish. I was excited for it. It was going to be a growth, growth opportunity for me. But in Barcelona, they also have um, Catalan as a language, um, which is not just, it's more of a mix of Spanish. Um, and so I'm not fluent in Catalan. I do not um, <laughs> understand as much. Um, and so on the first day of class, I was cold called by the professor in Catalan and had to somehow manage to respond. I was so nervous, respond in Spanish for the first time in this class. Um, I completely messed up the verb tenses. Um, it, I was saying gibberish. You know, I was speaking in Spanish, but the words did not make sense together. Um, and after that, you know, I convinced myself I could have quit, right? That was the first day of class. I could have changed and done a different class. I could have quit at that point. And I decided, no, you know, this professor, he really doesn't like um, <laughs> the exchange students. He thinks I'm going to quit. He thinks I'm not going to do the work. I'm going to stick with it. And I did. It was terrifying, but I did it. And after that, I just felt so much confidence in myself. I was like, if I can do this um, and be, you know, cold called in Spanish, I can do anything. And the self-confidence has really helped me, not just in public speaking. I don't do quite as much public speaking as my mom does, um, but even to hold my own in work meetings. Um that to me has been so huge for my career growth too. Um, the fact that I'm able to stand up in a meeting um, or just speak out in the meeting and ask a question or share my idea um, and not feel nervous to do that has helped me because people start coming to me saying, hey, do you have any ideas on this? Because they see me speaking out. They think of me more as a thought leader and not just as an engineer. Maybe not everyone thinks of me as a thought leader quite yet, but I'm growing into that. And it's been really cool to have people come ask me for my um, perspectives and my advice. Definitely. I applaud you tremendously for having the perseverance to stay in that um, abroad class. I think that it's really easy for a lot of people to just be like, nope, not can't do it, back away. Um, but I think it's a really important lesson, especially to any of the young women that are listening that have this issue and are trying to grow into their skin and find their voice, um, that it's okay to stick with it, even if you're not fully confident in it at the very beginning, that eventually um, you will find your space, you will claim your voice, and um, you, you'll be comfortable. We're going to move into our rapid fire question round. I will ask you a series of questions and you will answer them as fast as you can. Karen, this first question's for you. Karen, what is your favorite thing that you do as a mother and daughter? Oh, um, crafting. We craft together. We sew. I think that we've done some sewing recently that's been super fun. So, yes. Thanks. <laughs> Emma, what is one quality that you admire about your mom? So many, so many qualities. <laughs> um, I admire her ability to be a leader and her ability to put herself out there and make mistakes, even um, so like make mistakes so that she can continue to learn. It's so important, especially in her um, 
role and the space she's trying to create in inclusion and diversity to be able to make those mistakes and learn from them and really grow from each mistake. Karen, I also think that this would be a cool question direct to you as well. Is there a um, quality that you admire about your mom? So my mom is amazing. And one quality that I admire in her and that she taught me was frugality, like the the power of um, making every penny last. Um, It was something that was really critical for us growing up. Um, I have four brothers and sisters, and so it was a big family without a lot of disposable income. So she taught me how to be frugal. And I think that that has served me well um, as I've you know, kind of navigated my whole life and tried to not be wasteful of things and um, really understand too the experience of people who are from um, more poverty than I have today. You know, as I think about inclusion, like part of part of that is understanding like not everyone has dis- you know disposable income to do different things or can't take the risks with their career that someone with more money in the bank can take and things like that. So that frugality has been a, a really good thing for me to learn. I feel like I prepped you for this question. I had asked my mom this exact question a few weeks ago. It's amazing. <laughs> nice. Because Emma's Emma's writing a book about stories of of my mom. So it's um Aww. it's another creative writing project she's working on. That's wonderful. If if you're willing to share it, I would love to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this podcast comes out after my grandma's birthday because this was supposed to be a surprise for her. Well, <laughs> we, won't, we won't tell her about the podcast <laughs> until after her birthday. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. Karen, what is something you've always wanted to try together? Could be a new skill or hobby or however you want to take that. Well, I'll say, so Emma is not living with me right now, but was living with me for five months during the pandemic. Um, and we got to do so many things together, yet it went by so fast, Emma. I mean, literally way too fast. So I think that if I think, I mean, we did do a lot together, um, but maybe it's it's more travel. I mean, you and I have talked about, wouldn't it be cool to just get some sort of rental somewhere by a beach somewhere and have a writing retreat together? And um, I'm sure it it would involve a lot of good food and probably some wine and um, our laptops and cozy sweaters. And I don't even know, but I think that we have to make that happen, Emma. Sounds good. I'm excited. Emma, what is a class that you think everyone should take? This is going to be funny coming from a software engineer, but definitely a creative writing class. I think it has been so helpful to me to be able to express myself, not just in the small scope of a technical document, but also think a little bit beyond to get creative with it. Um, And writing has so helped me in my career. And I think it would help me even if I was doing something totally different too, um, and not a software engineer. So highly recommend a creative writing class. Karen, what's something that makes you laugh? Definitely like just goofy movies and goofy TV shows. Yeah. I'll leave it at that since this is supposed to be rapid. I'm not going to go into any detail there. (laughs) Emma, what is your favorite way to de-stress? Crafting. (laughs) I really love to craft. Karen, what's your best life hack? Oh, best life hack. Um, My bullet journal. My bullet journal. I I have to track so many details for my business as well as this life. And I have to write things down and cross them off. So my bullet journal is my life hack. Karen, who is your female STEM icon? And Emma, who is yours? Mine's easy. Mine's my mom. 
Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Well, I just have to say, Emma, you're my icon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point right back at you. <laughs> all right. And a new thing that we're doing on this season of our podcast is we're asking all of our guests what their favorite song is. And when this podcast comes out, we will have a mentors playlist that everyone can listen to to get better to know all of our mentors. So with that being said, Karen, why don't you go first? Do you have your favorite song? Just one? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to Bobby McFerrin last night, so I'm going to say Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. And Emma? My most recent uh, favorite song has been Sunflower from the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. Um, I've been fighting with my three-year-old nephew over whether it's his favorite song or my favorite song recently. <laughs> oh, I love that. So All right. And lastly, this is a question that we ask all of our guests. Standing where you are right now, what advice would you give to your high school self? And we could start with Emma. I think for my high school self, I would have told myself to uh, or given myself the advice to just be myself and own my myself and who I am um, earlier definitely took me a little while to grow into who I am and um, be confident with sharing that with other people. Um, So just being open to who I am and, you know, being willing to share a piece of myself with my friends has been so important for creating new relationships, um, as well as being able to share a piece of myself with my coworkers helps me to create relationships with them too. So This is not going to be a surprise, but my advice to my high school self would have been like, get involved with speech and debate, like figure out how to get comfortable with that public speaking, because it's something you're going to use for like ever. You're going to have to be comfortable with that. So speech and debate can be your friend. I agree. All right. And to wrap up those final questions, a new thing that we're also doing for this season is we're ending our podcast with a trivia question. So to take the questions off of our guests and on to our listeners, um, our trivia question of the episode is, when using tags in HTML code, how do they appear? If you want the answer, you can check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emma and Karen, for joining us on this episode. It's been an absolute privilege to talk to you both. On behalf of STEM Blazers, we want to thank you so much for sharing your story and your passions. Thank you, Vivon. Thank you, Allie. Thanks for having us. Thank you to the listeners for joining us for another STEM Blazers episode. If you want more information or to stay up to date with what we're working on, check out our website at stemblazers.org or our Facebook and Instagram pages at STEM Blazers.